Ooh, you are listening to Keith Price's Curtain Call. And we are back. Yes, my name is Keith Price, and we are here for Keith Price's Curtain Call. And we are enjoying the newness of this year. It's been very fun. I've been having some fabulous people popping by the studio. Just hanging out, you know, they got a little something, something going on. They stop by, they see how Keith's doing because they want you to know about it and I want you to know about it. And it's really great because there are so many opportunities that you get these little nuggets of performances in New York City that I always try to encourage you guys when you are making your plans to come to New York City to look at a couple of other places besides, you know, again, you're not going to get Hamilton. You're just not. I. Do you agree with me, Debbie? You're not going to get Hamilton. You're not going to get Hamilton. You're not going to get it. You're just not. And so my guest today, Miss Deborah Grace Weiner, is that right? That's right. Like diner, but Weiner. Kind of. Um, Is one of these fabulous people that, how do I say it? You're you're like, um, you're you're a, a curator of fantastic theater history. Does that sound yeah, it's part of accurate? part of what I do. I'm a theater writer and a show maker, and I put together. I work a lot with uh, music and uh, musical theater, American standards, popular standards, and uh, along the way, I've become, for whatever that's worth, a um, a leading expert on uh, the American Songbook. Well, I mean, you know. You and, of course, you know, you're doing shows over at Feinstein's 54 Below. It's you and Michael Feinstein. That's y'all are like, you're like the keeper of the books. That's pretty fun. Well, Mike, Michael, <laughs> Michael Feinstein and I are old friends. Michael Feinstein and I go way back because we both have the uh, uh, the privilege of being Rosemary Clooney's extra kids. So we're these, like, middle-aged extra kids, but we're sort of these, uh, <laughs> but that's our relationship. And uh, he's a great guy. I love, I love it. I love it. Deborah Grace Weiner here with me on the curtain call. And as I said before, uh, she not only is she someone who curates these great shows and put these these great pieces and things together, but as you said, as a historian, um, you you write and you have these great books that are out that I did not know about that I'm going to have to get read and then have you come back so that we can sit down and do like full conversations about the books as well because this is a show that's about the theater and you are I just I think that's really good one of the books that you have is on the sunny side of the street the life and lyrics of Dorothy Fields who of course for some of us if we you know read a credit or two we might find her on of course my personal favorite Sweet Charity yeah, you've got good taste. Hey, big spender, come on Yeah, now. right. What? What's wrong with that? If they could see me now, what? What? She had the longest career. I think maybe the longest career of any of the big blue chip uh, American um, songbook songwriters, you know, including Richard Rodgers and Cole Porter, because she began Before when them. those guys, well, she began when, so, you know, around the same time that she and she and Richard Rodgers actually dated when they were teenagers. They all kind of were part of the same crowd uh, growing up in New York City, sort of upper, sort of middle class, upper middle class. And, um, and so she began when they did uh, in the 20s, except that they all kind of went out of style when rock and roll came in in the 60s. And they all right. sort of struggled, everybody who was left. But Dorothy, 
I, I, I like to think maybe women are more adaptable sometimes, <laughs> but uh, but that's that's kind of sexist in its own way. Um, but but uh, Dorothy teamed up with people like 35 years younger than her at Cy Coleman and Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. And she was writing Sweet Charity when everybody else were, you know, sort of crying in their beer. Yeah, they all felt forgotten, you know, whether it was Richard Rogers or Burton Lane or Harold Arlen, all those people. And she kind of had this new lease on her career. So she is actually the longest careered of those uh, great writers uh, of classic Broadway and... um, you know what's so funny is we're sitting here now just having this momentary conversation about this one particular book because she has other books as well that include The Night in the Music about Rosemary Clooney, Barbara Cook, and Julie Wilson inside the world of cabaret, which, you know, it's funny. My introduction to Barbara Cook was mostly through cabaret after the fact. Sure. Because I, you know, I, I know about the music man and I remember she loves me, but I, I wasn't really necessarily into her particular style. Right. Very soon. And then when I got to see her live in Cabaret in a, a much more, like I've seen her at 54 Below and I've seen her at Feinstein's when it was at um, the other hotel. Yeah, at the Regency. At the sure. Regency. And I remember seeing her that way and then going back and rediscovering everything else about her. And then it was just sort of like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of great, Keith, though, what wow. you say about that's a great way to discover Barbara Cook because it was a whole other side of her. Yeah. This very, she was able to kind of have a very intimate uh, relationship with her audience. And she had to learn that. She was, she talked about that a lot. I knew her very well. Um, I grew up with her uh, uh, as a kid. And um, she was terrified the first time she had to do a club act uh, when she her Broadway career kind of, you know, she yeah. aged out of being an mm-hmm. ingenue and, and the styles changed. Right. As she said, if you didn't play a guitar, you were out of luck um, <laughs> in the 60s, you know. And um, and she she said the idea of getting up in front of people and being herself was terrifying to her. Wow. It was an entirely different mindset. We sort of take it for granted, you know, this or that person does a club act. Yeah. But that was terrifying. She was always used to playing a character, having a fourth wall, being up on a stage. And she got to be maybe one of the best people to do that. Yeah. Um, she had this incredible sense of how to connect with an audience. Well, she's one of those singers that I remember watching where you can see that as soon as the chords of the first few moments of the song strike, you can almost see her close her eyes find the character, and then open her mouth and sing. That's, That's r- right. That's that was, actually right, yeah. She did. It was just like you'd watch it and you'd be like, huh. Like she'd be saying some little body moment and then the music would start and then the, she would just disappear into the song. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, again, we're talking about, about Barbara Cook, but I'm here with Deborah Grace Weiner and we're talking about everything else that she does besides, you know, we're talking about the books that she's written on these people. But I mean, again, you can't be a Broadway lover and not, be able to have the sidetrack because you you know you do a lots of other stuff that you got going on and one of the big things that you have now is that you are basically it's what is this your classic American songbook series that you're going to be doing at Feinstein's Fifty Four Below. That's right. We're starting a brand new classic American songbook series in town, and a new, it's a, a new, new show. There's in a town. new series oh, in town, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and right on in. It's it's so fun. It's so fun. I've got this well, new affiliation with a club, uh, which is a joy. And um, that series is going to launch uh, in March. And we have three shows. And we've got just fantastic uh, carnival of uh, great Broadway people coming to work on it. 
I okay. So this, the, you know, it's going to be at one of my favorite places, Fine Sense Fifty Four Below, which I always, you know, I I hate to almost sound like you know the oh my god, it's my absolute, but it is it's, really one of my favorite places in the beautiful. city. It's beautiful. I hate to sound like a commercial, but it's the truth. But it is. It's like a supper club in an old movie. Yeah, and you get to live it. And you get to live it, and you know, again, it's that experience that you have. Like I've always said to you, Broadway people, that when you're coming to New York and you can't get the tickets for certain shows that you'd want to see, you should really look at Fine Sense Fifty Four below, at least at the calendar, because you might be surprised one of your favorite Broadway stars might just be doing their act. At, at, there's a good chance, you know. That, yeah, and for the, basically the price of the ticket that you probably would pay to see him on Broadway, you could still get dinner and the show, right? And probably come out, <laughs> come out with less, come out for Maybe less. Maybe have some change. Show for sure. Yeah, no, it's a great play. The idea of seeing a show and getting a chance to have a drink and dinner or something like that, but you get the absolute sort of top Broadway people who who work and play there. They work and play. So now for you, this this whole um, uh, curating and, and collaborating and putting these kinds of shows together is not new to you. This is part of your your long history. That's right. No, I've been doing it uh, for a, for a long now, time. What were you doing at the Ninety Second Street Y? Uh, the Ninety Second Street Y has a has a very old and venerable series called Lyrics and Lyricists, and it's essentially an American Songbook series. And I uh, came in as artistic director uh, nine seasons ago, and I um, and had the privilege. It was it was at a moment in its almost fifty year history where, shall we say, it was ripe for uh, rejuvenating, and I was was pleased to be able to. Leave that series back to uh, acclaim and critical acclaim and audience uh, uh, enthusiasm and and got got it so that it was just the the one of the most fun places to work in town for all the really great Broadway people and um, I did nine seasons and fifty shows and now I've moved on uh, to Feinstein's Fifty Four Below. I love that. Now, what? How did this? Where did your love of the Broadway come from? I grew up. In New York City and in the environment of uh, theatrical people, and uh, I, I just always knew I wanted to be in the theater from from the time I was a kid. I'm a playwright uh, and a, a theater writer. I work on musicals. So, and then along the way, I I developed uh, this sort of skill of writing about it as well. And with that came came the historian part. And the great theater historian Robert Kimball, who wrote these wonderful coffee table books of the complete lyrics of you name it, Ira Gershwin and Frank Lesser and whoever, Lawrence Hart, uh, he is one of my mentors. And um, wow. so as I wrote these books and I loved researching, I, the reason I wrote a book on Dorothy Fields is because She's the only major woman songwriter in that great group of famous uh, songwriters of the American Songbook. And I realized there was, I couldn't find anything about her. I was trying to do some research and there were no books about her. So I thought, I, I was with uh, Macmillan Publishers uh, at the time and, and, I, and I talked them into doing a book about Dorothy Fields. Uh, I had an editor who was wonderful there, who, mm -hmm. who was very enthusiastic. And we did th this this book, it's got collected lyrics. Her lyrics had never been collected and published. Um, and, and Are so you serious? I am serious. So I did that book and, and picked, they, there, was a, there was a limit on how much space we had. So I think it may have been 25 of her, what I thought were her best lyrics. And I chose them. And uh, and went in to research them in boxes full of old papers in the Lincoln Center Library that came out of her bureau drawer of whatever it, wherever like, they were. See, it's so funny because I'm thinking now what 
her pre-show meetings for Sweet Charity must have been like with all of those people. And they're like, okay, so we want to do a number where we can just have a bunch of broads on a line and they're going to sing and they're basically going to show their tatas and go for the wear. Just could you give me a little something that'll go with that? Like, just go. That's funny. (laughs) You know, she was very kind of hip. She was very sophisticated. She was like... Uh, in her 60s, and uh, when she was writing that, and and uh, Cy Coleman and and all and Fosse and mm-hmm. all were in their 30s. 30s yeah. So this was an entire, and she just was hip. Dorothy Fields's um, uh, talent, one of her great talents, was to be able to catch the slang of the moment. So if you listen to her songs from the 1920s and 30s, mm-hmm. and songs like On the Sunny Side of the Street is one of her most famous, and uh, or I Can't Give You Anything But Love, Baby, mm-hmm. you know, uh, she caught whatever the slangy thing was, and she was able to use that in a really authentic way. Uh, and she w- was able to keep up that talent all through the years in the 40s and 50s and then into the 60s when the culture changed and you have all these rock and roll era things. I mean, think of the, the lyrics in, in Sweet Charity. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, you know, and when you make a pass, man, it's a pass, pass. right? So that was not the same slang as, yeah. as she was out of her era and yet she just had this great ear. Interesting, though, because, again, you know, we're now in this conversation about women a lot now, especially certainly in the entertainment industry. And when you're thinking about Dorothy Fields and the time when she was writing music back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, it wasn't a woman's world at all. Not at all. So one of the shows that I am most thrilled at having created, and I create uh, many of my shows with the great director Mark Waldrop of When Pigs yes, Fly, and, uh, and I love him. He's fabulous and brilliant. And the music director John Otto, who was Rosemary Clooney's music director for many years, and uh, works with these all-star bands. Um, with them, I created one of my, I think my favorite show I've ever uh, done, which is called Baby Dream Your Dream, the great uh, women writers of the American Songbook. And uh, that's a show that we're doing at 54 Below on January 17th on Wednesday, two shows. And it's got this fabulous Broadway cast of Karen Ziemba and Emily Skinner and Margot Seibert and Kenita Miller and an all-star Jay Lenhart, the bass player, and Jim Saparito, the drummer, and John Otto is on the piano. And I'm there and I'm telling this story. And it's exactly about what we're talking about, how in this man's world, there are hundreds of songs that are really famous standards, well-known standards that were written by women and we don't know that they were written by women. No. Carolyn Lee is another one. She wrote hits like Witchcraft and The Best is Yet to Come, all these Sinatra hits, right. uh, Rules of the Road, um, and and songs that, and Peter Pan and Little Me. And, uh, and then there's Mary Rogers, who wrote Once Upon a Mattress, uh, was her most famous thing. And, and so, of course, Marilyn Bergman. And then other, you know, Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf was written by a songwriter named Anne Rennell. That wow. nobody's ever heard of. So this show, really, this is a moment in in our country's history and in world history, as you just said, where the idea of what is a woman's place and why 
why were there so few? And mm-hmm. amazingly, the fact that we're still talking about it today yeah. and, and you know, what is a woman's place and what's considered ladylike and what's not. And these, these conversations we thought were over decades ago. So so we're thrilled to be bringing this show. We're going to actually be, be um, uh, bringing it to venues around the country. And that's uh, that's oh. what we've begun to arrange. And uh, but it will be uh, at Feinstein's 54 Below on Wednesday, January 17th uh, at seven and another show at 930. And then the full series begins in March. Yes. This is a nice sort of little debut kind of thing. Uh, like an amuse-bouche. An amuse-bouche. Amuse <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. The series, uh, which, which I love the, the title, it's, it's, it's called Deborah Grace Weiner Presents the Classic American Songbook, and it's uh, at Feinstein's 54 Below. And that begins March 27th with a Rogers and Hart show. Uh, and it's uh, Rogers. It's called You Took Advantage of Me, Rogers and Hart on Love. Mm. And it's going to be just a sassy irreverent uh, little review. Uh, Ooh, wait, with Darius DeHaas and Christiane Noel, Debbie Boone. And Debbie Boone. Boone. That's right. And you again... You light up my life, honey. Where's she right. been at? That's uh, fabulous. Yeah, and again, John Otto and the All-Star Trio. And then on May 8th, uh, the great director-choreographer Kathleen Marshall, uh, three Tonys, thank you very much. She's coming in, and she's wonderful. Kathleen is not only a spectacularly talented uh, talent and one of the few great women directors directors and choreographers, choreographers, but she's a the, just like the greatest gal you'd ever want to know. And so she's coming in with me, and she's going to create, we're going to create um, uh, a Jerome Robbins Centennial Concert. And that's from the point of view that Jerome Robbins, as this legendary director-choreographer, influenced some of the greatest scores on Broadway. Wow. So Fiddler on the Roof and Peter Pan and, you know, and Gypsy yes. and you name it. And he he had an enormous impact on those scores. So that's what that, that show is going to be about that on May 8th. And then June 17th, you, you said it, we're going to do a celebration of Barbara Cook. And we, we had, for that, we have a parade of Broadway divas. Oof, wait, Chris, Christine Andreas, Mike Hate Baldwin, Rebecca, I love me some Rebecca Luca, Christiane Noel, Linda Pearl, and Tony Award winning Karen Zian, but that's my girl. Yeah, that's just, they, that's just, they just jumped that's on early, girl, but we're going to have, and we're going to have a lot coming. more. Absolutely. Well, then we have to come back now. So when, when when that show happens, for sure you have to make sure to come back, and we can talk about that as well. But this is great because the the series starts January seventeenth. Our yes, our 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 women songwriters show, Baby Dream Your Dream, is on January seventeenth, and then we're back March twenty seventh with the formal kickoff to the series proper, which is uh, which is the Rogers and Hart review. Fabulous. So again, so if you are thinking about coming to New York at any of these particular dates, as I've already told you before, you need to go and check the Feinstein's 54 Below calendar because you never know who's going to be doing stuff. I just told you Karen Ziemba and Kate Baldwin and Rebecca Luca and Christiane Noel. Come on. I'm... I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take a moment. (laughs) (laughs) And and Christine Andreas. Christine Andreas. Come on. Broadway, this is like a Broadway diva moment. If you're if you're fall, you're looking for a moment to fall out for Broadway divas. That's the show. These are the shows that you need to get yourself in line for. So this is great. So now they can go to uh, Find Sense Fifty Four below for the calendar to find out about the American Songbook. They can also go to um, 
Deborah Grace Weiner's is it DebraGraceWeiner.com? I do have DebraGraceWeiner.com, and there's, and there's information on there. there as well. And wow, thank you do, for doing two things for me now. That even though you just met me, one for making sure that stuff like Dorothy Fields' stories don't go unnoticed, because again, you know. Also being someone who's African-American, you know, when you talk about pieces of history that are lost, it is always wonderful to find something that gets recovered. Because, again, Dorothy Fields in the 60s working Big Spender, Baby Dream Your Dream. Like, you know, in her 60s, I would have never known that, never would have thought about that, much less the canon of history that she has as a writer before that. So thank you for being someone that does that. Well, because it's, it's a total joy. I mean, when you think about waking up in the morning and getting to immerse yourself in the history and the music and the people that, uh, like both of us, sort of work on creating things with that, what's, what's better than that? There's nothing better than that. Nothing better than that. Nothing but the joy to tune. And then the second thing that I want to thank you for is the fact that you are managing to get Kate Baldwin and Karen Zimba on the same stage together. I can't. I can't. Uh, that's I pretty. Can't. That's pretty cool. I can't. And Rebecca Luker too. <laughs> if y'all, people that know me know how much I love just those three women alone. If they know how much I love them, they know that these are events that they're going to be winding up seeing me in the back, going, "Oh my god!" I'm that. I'll be that queen in the corner, going, "Oh my god!" She's singing that song. <laughs> She's going to kill me. Anyway, but again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Deborah, for hanging out with me here on the car call. And as well as, again, go to Deborah Grace Weiner, W-I-N-E-R, and that's Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H. That's right. Deborah. If you want to do Deborah. Deborah Grace Weiner. Go to her uh, page.com and get all the information about all of these upcoming events that she has going on. And again... Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Oh, Keith, thank you so much for having me. It's a total pleasure. And make sure you get her books. Go find her books, because Mama always needs a sale. How you living? (laughs) Nice, nice. (laughs) Dorothy Beals just actually we released that as an e-book last spring, so that's on Amazon. So you can get that right for your Kindle. Fabulous, fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you, Keith. Look for Keith Price's Curtain Call on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and now MixCloud.